Halo Insan Korosi Indonesia Integrity Operating Windows or IOW are sets of limits used to determine the different variables that could affect the integrity and reliability of process unit. Integrity Operating Window are set of parameters to determine safe operating equipment from integrity point of view. Working outside these limits may cause otherwise preventable damage or failure. API 584 discuss different types of integrity operating window used in process unit. It covers ranking, documenting, implementing, reviewing, changing, and updating IOW. Today our guest is Human Taktesian. He is the principal corrosion engineer from Oceanering Asset Integrity in Aberdeen, UK. Human has extensive experience working in oil and gas integrity, risk-based assessment, and corrosion management. Our discussion will focus on data collecting, integrity operating window creation, and digital implementation. Let's check it out and don't forget to listen, share, and subscribe. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, everybody. Uh, all the listener of the Nest Corosi Pod. Uh, my name is uh, Sina, and then also my co-host, Mr. Richard Basari. Oke, okay. uh, apa kabar? Uh, semoga semuanya sehat selalu. This will be quite interesting topic for today. So, in the background, so we are going to discuss about the integrity operating window or we usually mention it as a IOW. This is a set of a limit that used to determine the different variable that could affect the integrity and reliability of the process unit. And then to put in simple way, the IOW are the limit under which a set of parameter can operate safely and working outside the IOW may cause otherwise preventable damage or failure. So we have the reference API uh, 584 integrity operating window. Yeah, recommended practice uh, from the American Petroleum Institute which cover IOW and I think they just uh, issued the new uh, revision by December in 2021. The standard deals with the parameter that should it be established and the data required in order to set up a proper IOW plan. So this document also talks about the different type of IOW used in the process unit. It covers risk ranking, documenting, implementing, review, changing, and updating IOW. So in, I think in by Richard uh, company, IOW is already implemented as a, one example is in the corrosion control matrix, or we usually mention as CCM, which is similar to IOW. It provides like a guideline to determine the temperature, pressure, and corrosion elements such as uh, CO2, H2S, and oxygen, and also the chloride. In the system, it could be like in the steam system or the acid gas refillable uh, unit or the, on the onshore receiving facility, produce water, and other uh, area. So, with uh, 
us today, we have a guest which is from far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> this is my boss, uh, woman. Ex-boss. <laughs> no, you're still my boss. Oh. Woman, uh, he has a lot of uh, title in here, uh, Master of Science, and then also a Charter Engineer, IOM M3, and then his current role is a Principal Corsion Engineer in the Oceanary Asset Integrity in Aberdeen, UK. So, as I remember, Human is like already have quite extensive experience in many region, in many continent, from the, I think, uh, UAE also you already, yeah, Human, yeah. And then also in the uh, Southeast Asia, Indonesia, uh, Human helping us. So, yeah, so, to be honest, Human is like a, very high contribution to like to sharing knowledge with our engineer here in it. Yeah, so welcome uh, human, welcome to Chorus Indonesian podcast. Uh, please introduce more about yourself. Uh, other than your name and your experience that already mentioned in the earlier, maybe um, what organization you involve, uh, how or what bring you in this uh, corrosion integrity um, world and become your uh, work and also maybe some of outside uh, your um, work, maybe what's your hobby or uh, things uh, to do outside uh, work. Thanks. Great. Thank you very much uh, and a good evening probably there. Uh, yeah, my name is Human and uh, first of all, let me thank you uh, for this invitation for for uh, very, very uh, nice work that you're doing guys with uh, doing this podcast, Korosi Indonesia. Uh, so it, this, this is uh, the type of work that uh, we don't see a lot, you know, uh, we see a lot of YouTubers, Instagrammers and the stuff like this. They are doing uh, a lot of non-technical uh, relevant stuff, uh, but we don't see a lot of uh, these kind of knowledge sharing at the moment in the industry. Uh, and that's that's a very, very good initiative that, that you guys have started. I think you already have done this for a year or so. And I heard first. Uh, so yeah, big thanks for for that, and thank you for for inviting me to be part of this uh, this experience. Uh, so yeah, my my background, uh, I'm a material and metallurgical engineer. Uh, my bachelor was material uh, science and engineering. Uh, Twenty five years ago. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I have uh, I had the Master of Science uh, right after that uh, in material selection. I started working uh, as a, in the EPC contractor uh, uh, in oil and gas industry uh, in 2001 uh, with uh, a company who was in charge of the uh, shipbuilding and offshore assets. Uh, construction in uh, Persian Gulf. Uh, so I was with them for uh, three or four years as a 
material and welding inspector. So uh, working as an inspector at site, uh, but mainly on the construction side of it. Uh, and then I joined uh, Biro Veritas, uh, who is a third party, you know, uh, very well. Yeah. Uh, in Iran, uh, I, I haven't mentioned that I'm my background, uh, I'm, I'm from Iran. Uh, so for until I think it was 2008, I was in charge of that. I was still an inspector, uh, material welding, uh, corrosion inspector, uh, in charge of a few projects and just traveling all the time to offshore. Uh, so stuff like this. So in 2008, I uh, moved to the uh, technical center of Bureau Veritas in Abu Dhabi stayed for five years there and as a material uh, corrosion engineer. Uh, so we were in charge of the design review, design verification, and also uh, again uh, on-site uh, uh, inspection and verification of the, the assets uh, during the construction and during the operation. Uh, I spent a a year uh, in that uh, period in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur, uh, setting up a new uh, branch of the uh, company, a technical center for Southeast Asia in uh, in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, was involved in Petronas and uh, a couple of other local operators uh, doing RBI, uh, integrity reviews, uh, fitness for service, uh, life extension, stuff like this. And then I moved uh, to Aberdeen in 2014. That was the time that I started my second master degree uh, at the University of Manchester, uh, which was actually very, very good. I was it, my transition from pure construction and material world to corrosion. Uh, so I would say from 2014, I've been mainly focused on, on corrosion and corrosion risk assessments, uh, RBI and stuff like this here in Aberdeen. So we have been working with BP, Total, uh, mainly uh, in North Sea, in uh, Egypt, in uh, Indonesia uh, and uh, Whereas Azerbaijan, uh, different uh, integrity reviews and RBI assessments. Uh, and at the moment, uh, I'm working with Total Energies uh, uh, on a couple of uh, assets in UK and Denmark, uh, reviewing again the integrity and uh, RBI assessment. And uh, one of the main things that we were doing last year for the first time in total energy was developing integrity operating window uh, as is the topic for today uh, and implementing them uh, in their system not only preparing a register but also implementing in the cpms system uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later and at the moment we're asking about my activity so don't have that much time for that, but uh, I make myself busy a little bit more than usual, normal people. Uh, 
Uh, I've started a master's degree, the third one, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, in data science, uh, oh, which is okay. yes, nice. which is very very relevant to the again our our topic today. Yeah, and I believe that's like a future of the industry. Uh, yeah, with uh, a lot of data everywhere that we need to identify, process, analyze, and uh, get the better use of them. Uh, uh, I'm part of in uh, ICOR, Institute of Corrosion. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably know, uh, like NACE and the, the other institutes, it's a, a, a professional institute, uh, which is mainly in charge of the corrosion. Uh, uh, it's based in, in, in the UK, but uh, we have a lot of members from uh, overseas as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I've been with them for the last seven, eight years. Uh, this year I am the chairman of the committee, Aberdeen committee. And probably you have seen me on, on some of our monthly events. Uh, we have uh, monthly webinars uh, every month. Uh, since uh, from September up to May, it's, this is our uh, annual program. Uh, and I'm the fellow member of ICOR uh, at the moment. Uh, we are running a, a program uh, for the first time in Aberdeen, which is young, uh, uh, young engineer program. Mm -hmm. uh, we just started it last week, uh, which 25 young engineers selected. Uh, they are kind of based in Aberdeen or around Aberdeen uh, because they have to attend our courses every week, every month uh, in Aberdeen. So hopefully in future we'll have an, uh, an international one so people can join from other countries. But uh, this is the fourth one that we are doing and the first time in Aberdeen. It's very, very good one. Uh, and that's uh, like our purpose to share the knowledge uh, from the experienced level people, not myself, but very experienced like their, uh, technical authorities or uh, <clears throat> corrosion or material leads who are actually retired or about to be retired. Uh, so they are doing lectures every month, mentoring the, the people. Uh, and at the end, we will have a competition in November uh, with a case study that they have to present uh, in front of a panel of judges. Uh, and the, the award is to send them to uh, estates for uh, ACE conference in next year. So, yeah, we are doing that and pro hopefully we'll have future programs uh, worldwide. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. That's that's thank you, man. That's very good. Uh, over to you, Pasina. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, very good. I I don't know that you are taking another master degree. <laughs> that's very good. It's, it's inspiring to so do that. Many also. people they don't know it's, it's the first time it's broadcasted <laughs> to the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again okay, now we're going to back to our main uh, topic for today. So, yeah, as 
as I mentioned in the introduction that the IOW is uh, related with the process and everything. So the basically this is not the standalone uh, system, which is the IOW also related with the other uh, aspects such as uh, risk-based inspection or risk-based assessment. So would you share your experience during the development of the IOW? What will be the sequence or flow process for during the IOW development, Oman? <clears throat> yeah. No, that that's that's a good question, and uh, uh, you mentioned a very uh, valid point about uh, uh, the connection between the risk-based inspection or risk-based assessment uh, and the IOW developments, uh, uh, because uh, one of the main thing is that. Uh, or uh, one of the main difference between IW and uh, corrosion control metrics is that there is a uh, uh, there is an aspect of risk in, in IW which we, we don't have in corrosion control metrics. In uh, previously, when we were preparing KPIs or uh, corrosion control metrics, that we we couldn't uh, assign it a risk level to them. Maybe we, we would, but it was not a recommendation or a requirement to have a risk associated to the to each task and each level of uh, IOW. But this is uh, very much now a major part of IOW, the risk. And for doing that, you have to complete a risk uh, assessment uh, first. Uh, so the main thing for me uh, or the starting point is the company policy commitment and the strategy to have an IOW in place, which we, we see uh, now in the industry that most of the companies, they, they have recognized this. Uh, it's a very new uh, kind of uh, requirement or term uh, because API just uh, is in the second version as Sina mentioned, Pat Sina mentioned, it's like uh, the second version just released December 2021. So and the, the previous version was around for the last couple of years. Uh, so I know a lot of people are still struggling to understand what IOW is and is it very important, uh, not is it like something nice to have? or uh, uh, they, they don't still see that the benefit of that and they cannot still distinguish between that and the old CCM system or KPI systems. Uh, I would say in the refineries or chemical uh, uh, plants, they use IOW quite uh, uh, extensively and maybe one of the first industries that they started with that uh, when the first uh, version of API came uh, was like refineries because simply because they have a lot of variables uh, to control and even before the term IOW uh, was introduced they had very extensive systems uh, they, they, they just they just couldn't operate without without uh, uh, without controlling all of them. Uh, so uh, the in upstreams and midstream system, 
I would say it's it's quite new and uh, companies they they just started applying that, but it's a good thing uh, that we are transit, uh, transiting to to that stage now. Uh, for me, uh, IOW should uh, the the process of identification and implementation of that should be in parallel with your risk-based assessments. So the first thing that you do in your RBI is uh, identifying and screening your damage mechanisms. And uh, when, when you do that, uh, then uh, in parallel, you can identify what uh, parameters are, are important. Uh, so when you're doing, uh, you identify that, for example, uh, colloidal stereoscorption cracking is a is a, a credible damage mechanism for a part of your asset. Then uh, at the same time, to do the risk assessment, to identify the damage factor or to identify the uh, probability of failure due to that uh, damage, uh, you have to analyze your parameters, which is your uh, temperature, your colloid level, your pH, and so on. So it's a good practice that when you're doing that, take a note of these parameters, and uh, when you're doing your probability assessment, understand that uh, what level uh, is critical, what level is uh, standard and what level is safe to operate. Uh, so uh, this will be a good exercise because at the same time that you're identifying that you can review that with a peer review team and just establish in, the, in, this, in your uh, system. Uh, so yeah, that, so the next uh, step will be registering all of these uh, parameters plus their limits, and then uh, starting data gathering. Uh, the data gathering in this case will be uh, where we have, where do we have locations or points of measurement? Uh, like if you are talking about colorite, how do you want to measure that in the system? Can we measure it at all? Uh, if not, uh, and if you are still in the earliest stage of design, or if you are, if we can have the opportunity to to add a measuring point, can we can we add it with like a sampling point, or is there a, a transmitter somewhere that uh, in the in the plant that is actually uh, measuring the uh, the parameter for other purposes sometimes for, for the quality of your product, for example, or the uh, quality or the composition of the uh, the fluid that you're receiving uh, uh, at site uh, between like different platforms. Sometimes you have like a meter and the analyzer transmitter uh, analyzing the gas or the, the condensate, which is sent to another uh, platform and at the other side also you have analyzers for that. So you the, the, you need to do a, a very thorough uh, review of your documentation, drawings, uh, list of the uh, instrumentation uh, to understand where these are located because uh, a part of the IOW parameters is uh, uh, monitored by analyzers. Uh, things like uh, composition, gas composition, for example, temperatures, uh, pressure, uh, flows, uh, and, and so on. Uh, 
so that will be the next stage. And also on top of the analyzers, the second half of the IWs could should be uh, measured or monitored uh, by sampling manually. Uh, so things like bacteria uh, content in the this produce water, for example, uh, that. Uh, that's uh, that only can be done by by manual sampling or by taking coupons and uh, uh, checking the the surface of the coupon for sessile bacteria, for example. So uh, that will be another thing, and it's a little bit more challenging than the analyzers, because for the analyzers you always have a, a in situ data, constant data of, uh, online uh, or in your SCADA system. Uh, but for sampling, you have to have a certain uh, frequency of taking samples, analyzing them, sending to lab, uh, making sure the product chemist uh, dashboard is always up to date and the, all of the reports. So it's a little bit more complicated, but needs to be done because a lot of valuable data are also sitting there in those Excel sheets or spreadsheets, not in a proper system. Uh, true. Yeah. Uh, and the timing again, uh, the last thing normally you need to do is to assign actions. Uh, okay, so if something is, uh, if a parameter is passing uh, a limit, if an IOW is breaching the limit, uh, what, what are the actions? Who is responsible to take action? Who is reporting? Who is taking action? Who is raising alerts, alarms? Uh, especially if again, if it is not an analyzer, if it is an analyzer, that there will be some kind of alert alarm system in the control room that you you will get it. But uh, what about the samplings? What the manual sampling? Okay, sh shall you uh, wait until your annual uh, review, uh, or uh, do you need to uh, raise an, an alarm earlier for for? for the management to take actions. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's kind of like a simple process from A to Z, what normally you need to do to identify and control them. Yep. Well, thank you, uh, Human, for very comprehensive, if I can say, uh, questions. Uh, maybe we just close this podcast because it's already <laughs> complete. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no, I didn't say that. <laughs>
control system of a company, you see that like there are thousands of transmitters, analyzer, uh, sending uh, different uh, data, uh, uh, mostly for the uh, purpose of the product control, uh, you know, or the safety of the system uh, uh, and so on. Uh, but not all of these are integrity related. At the moment, maybe they, they, they are very, very important and uh, uh, data available, uh, but uh, they are for other purposes. Uh, and it's not our immediate concern related to integrity of the, the asset. Uh, for the integrity of asset, we first of all, we have to identify uh, uh, which of these data are uh, relevant to the integrity only, uh, and then uh, based on that, people who will be involved will be mainly integrity related uh, people. You might need some support from your process engineer, mechanical engineer, uh, inspection team, maintenance and so on. But uh, mainly the, I would say the, the owner of this system is, is your integrity team. Uh, RBI engineer, as we mentioned, they have to be uh, actively involved uh, in, during each review of RBI. If there is a new parameters or change in the limits of a, a parameter, they have to fit it back to uh, to the system. Um, uh, so it will be more more and more accurate and relevant as, as they do the, the reviews. The corrosion engineer, obviously, uh, for all the corrosion related uh, uh, parameters uh, or damage mechanism, they, they, they have to be involved in reviewing uh, again the credibility of the damage, uh, identification of the uh, important parameters, uh, and also to identify which parameter is more critical than the other ones. We don't want to end up to with, with like 200 different uh, IOW parameters and then uh, control all of them uh, with the same uh, effort. Uh, some of these need to be prioritized uh, to, to be done more uh, frequently uh, because they simply have more uh, uh, effect or impact on, on your integrity of your system if they uh, breach. Uh, some of them are not really, some of them are for information of the, the corrosion engineer, they just want those data for the trending purposes. Uh, so they, they, they should be just like as a side uh, data for, for the corrosion engineer's purpose only, but uh, some of them which are critical or standard high, uh, they have to okay. Uh, be identified. These should be identified by corrosion engineer and aligned with the risk assessment done by RBI engineer. But then the actions uh, will be for everyone uh, basically involved. The, the process engineer, uh, the control uh, engineers, ins inspection engineer, product chemist, lab to take samples and report. And uh, one of the most things, which is like. Uh, uh, very, very uh, critical will be the management in the different levels, uh, just to commit, you know, uh, make sure that the, this is this is the, uh, the message is sent to to everyone in the company that this is important. Like like safety, when we talk about safety, the management has they 
commitment uh, with safety. And then they keep uh, telling uh, about that in all the town halls, all the, uh, uh, you know, uh, announcements, uh, how important is safety uh, or quality. So again, quality is sometimes, you know, you see that management is considered a part of the uh, the policy and the mission and the vision and everything. But uh, do we see IOW, do we see integrity as uh, taking uh, seri as serious as the other two? Because they are they are like part of one uh, loop, uh, safety, quality and integrity. Uh, so that should also be taken very seriously. So as I said, everyone, but some, some people are much more involved. Uh, thank you, Human. No problem. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, I think the message is clear, <laughs> especially for us who is not in the what's in the decision making uh, position. So yeah, I, I would like to continue to the next question. It is about these uh, non-time dependent uh, damage uh, mechanism. For example, like the cracking, like the chloride and sulfide cracking, this will be challenging in the developing of uh, integrated operating window. Uh, <clears throat> would like to know your advice. What will be the, the best approach to develop IOW for this kind of uh, damage mechanism? Yeah. <clears throat> now, again, a, a great question. Uh, so I would say uh, IOW for me is, is is mainly made for for these kind of damage mechanisms uh, because this is the only way that you can control them uh, for the uh, age related uh, uh, damage mechanism like co2 corrosion uh, or erosion you have other uh, means of uh, control like inspection uh, so if you have a general metal loss or localized metal loss, even even for MIC, uh, you have you have uh, means of in inspection like uh, UT. You'll do radiography on the based on your uh, RBI advice and the uh, the technique that you need you need to use and the frequency of inspection. Uh, so you you get uh, some level of confidence with your inspection. Uh, it, it could be for some localized uh, damage mechanism, not very uh, high confidence, but still you get some some data. Uh, but for cracking, you don't have very very reliable inspection technique, and they they just happen over overnight. Like for for uh, uh, fatigue related, the, for uh, for chloride stress corrosion cracking. Uh, for uh, kind of the damage mechanism related to uh, offset condition like sand excursion, uh, for uh, uh, tube ruptures due to the uh, high temperature service. So, so again, all, all of these, uh, all of these uh, can cannot be uh, captured with your inspection. Uh, you you could get some alar alarms. Uh, with uh, uh, with the previous inspection and see okay there there has been like uh, uh, deformation of tubes which means like the high temperature so I need to be more careful about this but uh, I would say the main way of 
controlling and monitoring this is IOW. Uh, you control your coloride, uh, so you get some level of confidence uh, with coloride and temperature and pH about your coloride stereo corrosion cracking. You monitor your temperature in different levels, and then you get some level of confidence with the high temperature cracking. And you have like sand monitoring system. Uh, you can uh, make sure that you have uh, you capture if there is any sand excursion or any uh, um, any chance of the sand erosion in in the system. So yeah, so it's it's challenging. Again, we will not get 100% confidence about that, but uh, it's it's a data that is is there and uh, you can use that. Uh, and just that's again for for the corrosion engineer, a good corrosion engineer to uh, to uh, associate all of these data with with the chance of a damage a, a corrosion mechanism to happen. I hope I have answered the question. Yes, I missed anything. Yeah. Maybe next question. Um, so, in case we have a breach of integrity operating window when we are in the operation uh, mm -hmm. and its impact to our uh, production or productivity, um, what will the best uh, the best way uh, to approach or to solve this matter? Are we uh, doing the tighter inspection regime because we know that our facility uh, possess uh, increase of uh, risk of process safety or we uh, wait for some time to collect more integrity operating window um, uh, parameters and um, so we have um, you know more uh, targeted uh, inspection regime where should we do uh, you know the inspection or determine our uh, you know pipe or you know vessel uh, uh, integrity because like more data you you can be like a more uh, a specific in targeting where we should uh, put uh, uh, the effort of the uh, inspection. Yeah, that that's right. Uh, so the I think the first part of question was about the impact on the productivity only, uh, and the. Second part of question is about uh, how do we manage uh, inspection and the IOW together. Yeah, so uh, the productivity. So yeah, so that that's again it will go back to the again, company policy that some some companies they consider safety and uh, environmental impacts very seriously and uh, the productivity is just a side outside uh, to be controlled. Uh, uh, but some companies they consider like all financial uh, consequences, product loss, and all of these uh, seriously uh, for the uh, as as a main major consequence uh, if they happen. Uh, so if uh, I, I think one of the good practices to do that is to make sure that you separate your process related and utility repair related IOWs because the process related IOWs they normally have uh, major safety and environmental impacts your hydrocarbon release I mean uh, so they, they already have a kind of high uh, focus on them uh, in RBI and also in, in IOWs because uh, you always are concerned about uh, safety and you make sure you you capture them but 
the product loss sometimes is, is coming from not controlling properly your utilities uh, like the boiler system uh, again there are a lot of uh, parameters uh, related to the uh, hot water boiler uh, steam system uh, that they sometimes they don't have that much of safety and uh, environmental impact uh, but they have major product impact. Uh, utility is your uh, backbone uh, for, for your plan to work. Uh, so, the, or maybe like uh, you know, the utility water. So there is no safety or uh, environmental impact for utility water, but without that, you cannot operate. Uh, so, uh, these need to be considered in separate sets of IOWs uh, and uh, take seriously uh, if, if you have if you have that focus on your your product uh, loss and the impact on the product. And in terms of uh, inspection planning, uh, I would say IOW will not take the place of inspection. They are just two different things. Uh, it will just give you an additional level of uh, confidence about uh, management of the integrity. Uh, so the RBI uh, uh, requirements for the inspection, they, they remain the same. Uh, but as you said, if we are doing, uh, if you are controlling your IOW uh, and we have enough level of confidence after few years and you know that you understand your your system because in the early stage of the the, the, pro, the the operation you normally have some levels of uncertainties about what's going to happen in this vessel um, I don't like is there any uh, like any any kind of uh, corrosive elements in the system that we haven't considered in the design that we need to know about. So maybe after four or five years, after one level of one uh, shutdowns uh, that you had done, and you you get some level of confidence in uh, uh, for some of your vessels. So then you have your IOW in parallel, and then in your next review of RBA, you decide, okay, we we didn't see any problem when we opened this vessel or we inspected this vessel, NII or intrusive, uh, and we know that uh, we are checking IW. So we we probably don't want to inspect that uh, as early as as the previous inspection. So uh, let's keep an eye on our IW, and then uh, see uh, if it is. Uh, behaving well or not. If not, then we will uh, consider another inspection. If, if it is behaving, uh, let's have a less less effective inspection. Uh, less, like instead of doing a full scan of a vessel, let's do a 50% scan. If it still is, is good and IW is good, so let's uh, continue. So and then as time goes, you you you'll notice that okay after 20 years of service you don't need to open a, a solid a duplex stainless steel uh, even if there are levels of chloride because you know that how it's, it is behaving in that service and you know that you're controlling your your parameters as well so uh, no point of doing extra inspection thank you man uh 
So, yeah, I think that that makes sense. I think it will be back again to the risk assessment for this uh, system. <laughs> Okay, uh, so we have the last question. I think it will be related also with your new uh, master degree. Uh, yeah, I've been informed also like in the, one of the operator that it has like a data from the monitoring inspection from 2012, something like that, like already like eight years or more than that, the, the inspection data. <coughs> So yeah, the IOW is like the 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 written procedure is like only half done, and then the other task is how to implement it. And as you mentioned before, also like is uh, need like the management uh, what's it like the understanding that the integrity is also the same with the safety and uh, quality. Yeah, I can see that like the data that i have some from the operator that we saw some execution in in the monitoring data and then also it can be shown also in the like in the online system uh which i think some of the operator that they can see like online monitoring data temperature and everything <clears throat> so can you share uh what will be the step to integrate this iow into the operating uh, system like SCADA and then also how we can harvest this information uh, for our uh, integrity. <clears throat> yeah. No, thank you for the question. So yeah, that, that's very, very important uh, as you mentioned uh, that, okay, we, we have done all of this work. Uh, we have identified IWs and uh, uh, registered them. We have done a risk assessment, everything is in place. But how do we make sure that it is working? Uh, how do we uh, involve people uh, more actively? Because people uh, tend to to uh, just lay back and say, OK, that there is a system in place. So we don't need to do as much as work uh, that uh, is expected. So yeah. Uh, and then they just let's, like go back and collect data when, when they it's close to an annual review or so on. Uh, or they just do firefighting uh, that okay something happened let's let's go and uh, take data and see what was happening a failure analysis or stuff like this but this is this is like more uh, being uh, asking people to be more active and for that uh, we need a tool we cannot rely on on the memory of people or you know uh, having an excel sheet or paper somewhere that uh, just uh, the, uh, the product chemist lead knows about that or the corrosion engineer knows about that so this this should be as a day day daily day to day uh, uh, basis of the the integrity team or maintenance team work uh, they should receive alerts alarms uh, all the time uh, they, they Corrosion engineers should should see the dashboard and should see the uh, uh, the trends, uh, the data trends all the time, uh, and uh, based on that to decide about uh, 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 what to do with that. 
And uh, one of the things that we study in the this, this course that I'm doing, uh, it was on the other day the lecture was telling us that, you know, with the data, uh, the, the brain of the human, uh, they process the data much better when they are visualized. So that the brain cells, our brain cells, they can identify uh, uh, the issues uh, in the data when they are visualized. So if uh, imagine that you have a list of uh, colloid levels uh, in a table and you just have a look on them and there are hundreds of them and you don't uh, get a very good uh, you know, conclusion from that. Okay, where we are going uh, up, where, where it is in the limit, where it is not. But when, when you visualize that in a graph, in a, a diagram, in a, uh, different types of diagrams, uh, trend them, uh, the, your, your human eye, your human brain self, uh, they identify, okay, something is happening at this point. It's still not breaching, but it is going somewhere, you know, or at that uh, specific period of time, it it was ten. It, it was about to reach to a peak, but then it changed. Uh, so the, the data visualization is is very important. It's not very easy to be done by by an Excel sheet or uh, just relying on uh, on a product chemist to to do them. You know because uh, sometimes they think that if they visualize data, process data, it's just they are doing a favor, but it's not it's not that. Nowadays, with all of these data, we cannot have tables and Excel sheets because nobody is there. Nobody can can process those data. Nobody can interpret the data, which is in the uh, hundreds and thousands of rows of data. They should be visualized and they should be analyzed uh, and reported properly uh, to to the management to take actions so uh, I would say yeah so we, we need a system we need a system uh, to enter all of this data and the system give you a, a, a trend and uh, properly we have like lower or higher limits of the uh, uh, limits uh, in the standard in the critical levels and, and so on uh, and uh, I know it's not very straightforward, especially with the, as I mentioned, with the manual sampling data, uh, because they are not connected automatically to a system. With, with analyzers and transmitters, they are already reporting this stuff, and it's just a matter of having a module in that uh, in that system to process the data and give you uh, like a graph. Uh, but for manual data, you have to uh, either link it to your maybe uh, CMMS system. If you are using SAP, for example, you enter those data uh, in a system which is connected to your SCADA or uh, CPMS system. Uh, so the data is connected and people, they, they have one point of reporting. So you don't have your product chemist having your data in their dashboard, Excel sheet dashboard, inspection uh, team, reporting in SAP and then the control system 
uh, instrumentation and electrical people they they are reporting in in your uh, whatever system that you have for for the uh, instrumentation data so there should be one point of contact and it should be easy for people to enter data because if if it is difficult if they have to send an email every day with the data people tend to forget uh, and then um, a lot of valuable data will be missed between the lines so that that's an important again that's a commitment from the management to to have this system in place and find a way to collect all of these data to the one point of uh, process uh, and on top of that as i said the dashboard is very important i would say like with the project that i was working last year we spent two three months to prepare a register, IOW register, and we spent eight months to implement it in the system because the, it, it's not, every single IOW needs uh, a way to uh, go to the system and to be analyzed the, and then at the end of the day uh, end up in a dashboard. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the control team they tend to have data from pumps, for example, compressors easily because they are one type of data is coming like vibration data is, is just one data, one type of data, but it's coming from pump, compressor and a, a lot of different location and they, they know how to process that. But we are talking about like 50, 60 different types of parameters, pH, chloride, CO2 level, uh, temperature, and each of them is related to a damage mechanism and a person, different person to control that. So it's, it's very, very complicated system when you look at it overall. Uh, and it's, it's not very easy, I, I have to say, it's not very easy to bring all of this together and report in one uh, direction to one system. It needs uh, conversion, it needs interpretations, it, and it needs uh, uh, streamlining of different data to, to one route. And the dashboard at the end is, is important because the management, they don't have time to go and check the 50 different graphs. They, they just open the first page uh, or the first screen, and they want to see all the alarms in one, one screen, yeah? Uh, so it, it's very important to bring all the alarms to the front screen and then it's important to have a link between that alarm back to the root of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the breach of IOW. So when you see alarm, click on that, you see that's a corrosion loop or a piping group or a vessel is affected, which one is that, where uh, that has been initiated and what has been the history? Uh, did it happen overnight or there was a trend uh, uh, that's showing that this this is going to breach at some point? No, this part, this question, it, it could, we could like spend two, three hours discussing about <laughs> yeah. that and still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's very true, man. Uh, that, that's, uh, I think, but Richard and, and, and me also has the same experience. Uh, yeah, we have like the monitoring data in the spreadsheet and in this, uh, even not everybody know where, where is the file location. <laughs> it's only like person exactly. you know, who, who do, who use that data regularly, 
know where's the location of that file and then how we know how to use that one how to utilize that information yeah yeah i think you <clears throat> explained uh, really well about the future of the integrity database and management system where um, really we need uh, a tool so the powerful tool to integrate um, all the resource and uh, give um, feedback in the dashboard uh, form that you know user friendly and uh, really um, pragmatic uh, yeah. and that's and we know together that, that is easy to say but very long uh, tedious work in order mm -hmm. to um, implement that but but that's worth to, to do because um, that will just uh, at the end of the day will will help uh, us uh, you know to determine our integrity of our plan yeah exactly yeah and that tool I would say you remember the phase that uh, every company were uh, they were developing an RBI software or tool. So yeah. maybe like 20, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there were only two, two or three RBI software, uh, and there was a lot of Excel sheets. But now we have like I would say dozens of huge software, and maybe hundreds of uh, like smaller, smaller companies having their own RBA software. And this this is what's happening for IW now as well. I can see that people are adding an IW module to their uh, existing software, or some, some people are just creating IW tools and software. But uh, we need to make sure when we, we are going to have uh, one of these software applied, implemented in our system, we need to um, be careful of if this is just a dumping area for your data, uh, or is it actually a powerful uh, tool to process data? So I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go for for a software called IOW tool uh, just because it's called IOW. Uh, because they, they are probably are trying to cover that uh, gap in the market uh, with calling the, the tool IW. I would go for a powerful data analysis tool, uh, which any powerful data analysis tool, analyzing tool, they have the capacity of uh, controlling IW because you don't want it to have a tool which is just uh, uh, collecting and analyzing your IOWs. You want a tool to collect everything uh, and has the power and the uh, capability of the different types of analysis, uh, different uh, kind of visualization, uh, and uh, different uh, uh, features for, for reporting. Uh, and then you can add your IOWs to that as well. So it's better to invest for a powerful data management tool rather than just something that somebody has created as IOW tool, you know, just a hint, a hint. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that will be another, um, you know, session to talk uh, maybe, you know, how to implement inspection yeah. database management system yeah, yeah. because, you know, uh, we don't want to work bit by bit, you know, it just, just yeah. makes 
makes the makes the confusion. Um, all source of integrity must be come from only one source of yeah. truth. Yeah, not one stick it by another, stick it by another, stick it yeah. by another. It's true, it's true. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, it's thank you, know, you for having uh, me. Sixty minutes uh, already uh, fly. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening uh, to our listener, and thank you very much for human human. Um, so good luck with the work, uh, and also to our uh, listener and you know our viewer. Uh, if you enjoy this video, uh, this podcast, uh, please be sure to uh, watching to listen uh, of course the most important thing is to subscribe and uh, share with the link that we're gonna post in our spotify channel and also in youtube um, link i hope that you find this um, video and this podcast are useful in support you in your professional engineering work uh, day to day if you have question or feedback let us know you can send email us at nes at nesindonesia.org or uh, our personal email, uh, rmbasaryimtu.edu, and uh, Sina's email, mssuleiman at gmail.com. We're going to uh, post our um, email in our uh, link, YouTube and Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, sorry, Spotify link, and we would love to hear uh, feedback uh, from you or what episode or what uh, is the things that we uh, you want to uh, hear uh, next. And... Uh, Eventually, thank you very much. Uh, wish you all the best. Thank you, Roman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Roman. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, you very much. Have a good day.